exactly does it mean to share your hotness? We all have our own unique spark. We are burning out of control like a wildfire, attracting attention, but is it the right kind of attention? All around us are people who are campfires. They don't get as much attention, but their story, their signature spark, their heat that attracts us close to them, those stories need to be shared. On this podcast, we're sharing their stories, their stories of resilience, overcoming, how to find joy, happiness, everyday people who found their spark and made their life amazing. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Share Your Hotness with your host, Lita Green, and my guest, Janae Moss. And we are such good friends. We just started going, and I'm like, Janae, (laughs) stop. We met, um, some of you may remember, I interviewed Camille Walker on this as well. I met Camille through through Janae, technically, because it was your booth, and it was we were next to each other in a nine-day booth. That's and, a long time. Okay, seven days, nine days. I'm pretty sure it was nine days that it was over like like the Black Friday was like the first day. You have a good memory. Yeah. Well, no, right. it's because I questioned all of my life choices <laughs> in that nine day show. I questioned I all kind of, of looking at each other like, okay, we're both yeah. crazy, but this is fun. That's how we get to know each other. Booths are intense, or at least they should be. They should be lots and lots of people. And so when you have large periods of time with no people, how many can okay, just everyone just think for a minute. When's the last time you had the ability to talk to a friend for mm, four hours a day for at least a week in a row? Like how good of friends do you become when you have had that kind of time? And I mean, we're talking 12 hour dates. Yeah, there's no joke. Yeah, and it's so I'm, you're right. I don't get that much time with my husband or anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like looking forward to having that much time. Like we went on a walk yesterday and I was like, oh, look at us. We were like, this is the life. <laughs> like in the middle of the day, I just thought we'd landed in the Caribbean. I was so excited about it, you know? <laughs> um, okay, so we were talking because you're 47 and a half. Mm-hmm. And I am 50 in September and I'm super proud of it because I'm halfway there. Exactly. And I think it's been a pretty epic ride, you yep. know, and Janae, um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it. We're kind of, we're kind of awesome. Like we are the <laughs> women that you more than me who've done it all because you have how many children? No, I mean, you know, that's not a gauge of success, maybe a gauge of insanity, but seven, you <laughs> hey, know, I, hey, have, I not- have five biological daughters, one stepdaughter. I adopted a son and I also was kinship care to my niece for five years. So it's kind of yeah. like, eight. It's, been but crazy. No, it's not, it's not a bar of success, but it is a bar of how busy you are and yeah. had a career <laughs> and you've done volunteer work. That's true. I have been very busy doing those things. Yes. And so, um, you know, we're the women that people are like, Hey, I want to grow up to be like Janae and Lita. You know, I mean, (laughs) women will always be like, how do you do it all? And my answer is what makes you think I do it all? I have assistance. Absolutely. And that that is a lesson I had to learn really a long time ago, or I couldn't have survived. I mean, I went back to school when I was 40 to finish my degree and there's just no way I could have done it unless I had awesome people surrounding me. Right. when my kids were little, I had, I had a maid. Yeah. Oh, I, still- know, I mean, so let's, let's <laughs> yeah. be real for a minute, ladies. Yeah. That 
when you're comparing yourself to women who have it all, you might be doing slightly different things, but I also, you know, know you've taken the quality time every day to be connect with your kids. And oh, yeah. when you have six, seven, 21, I, I lost track in all of that. How many kids you had? Mm-hmm. I have three children. Um, I joke that my one that passed away is the most demanding of my time and talents, <laughs> but I had two that I had to do eyeball time with. I kind of got a, a twofer connect with God, connect with my mm-hmm. child that's passed in the same time. So it's like a twofer. So like yeah, prayer has I more meaning, that. right? I love that. But um, it does, it does free up a certain amount of time. I did have a handicapped mother that I took care of for 12 years that we jokingly called the teenagers and they were more demanding. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I totally agree. Husbands can be counted as well at times, right? No, mine, mine isn't. Mine is a doer. He's, he kind of makes me look lazy. (laughs) And mine is a doer too. Absolutely. I think I would say that in the way that my attention, you know, it's kind of like you have, if you look at it like a pizza and you have so many slices to pass out, like right. my husband slash businesses is a chunk that, um, my attention needs to be there as, as right. well. So yeah. Right. Well, I did figure out that my husband's an hour and a half a day. And some of that is time that I am very happy to spend, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you know, if he's not in town, I'm like, why cook dinner? Absolutely. Oh, well, I struggle to cook dinner when my husband is in town, let's be honest. So if we're going to talk about, you know, Janae does all these things, dinner has been at the very top of my, I cannot figure it out. I can throw conferences for a thousand people. I can, you know, do all these things in the community and be on boards, but dinner is like the bane of my existence. I just, there there are women that are like listening to this as we talk and they're like, it's just so good to know because I'm really good at dinner. <laughs> yes. I look at those women that love to cook or even don't like to cook and still do it. And I'm like, that's, that's I bow down to them. So good okay, job. Okay, well, bow down because I do not love to cook, but I have a daughter that's lactose, a husband with a heart condition, and um, I love to eat. Yeah. And so the, the cooking has to happen, you know, <laughs> but I'm not doing it for 21 people. Right. Well, we're, we're more like, you know, Cafe Rio knows us by name, Bajillos knows us by name, you know, so we're trying to still get not the worst of the eating out, but you know, yeah, no Cafe Rio for those (laughs) that do not live where there's a Cafe Rio, we are truly sorry, truly sorry for you. When I was on bed rest, um, they, they are like, oh, the regular. (laughs) So yeah, they, our local Cafe Rio knew us. And since then two have come closer And so we just kind of feel like they're like, we got a lot of business in this area. So (laughs) they built too closer to us. So we were talking about, I don't even know how we got on it in the the pre-conversation, but I think it's important for people to hear because we spend so many years building our career, building the things. And one thing you always get in the entrepreneur space is, you know, where's your hustle and what, what's the next big thing? And we were both like, um, yeah <laughs> the and big I, thing is to breathe <laughs> yeah and we'll get into that in just a minute on you because that's I mean you've got so many fascinating stories but um it's okay to just enjoy what you have created mm-hmm. and to just you know um during the pandemic, a lot of people are reaching out to me and there because there's these memes going around about how you got to reach out to extroverts because they're really struggling and people are reaching out to me and I'm like I'm good. 
you know what? I have heard that a lot. And I have a lot of extroverted friends that are out there doing a lot of things. And I think it was really a wake up call blessing to just say, it's okay. Like I got off, I think five or eight boards. I can't even remember now. I stopped doing so many things. And I, I think it was just, it was shock. It was a shock, but, but I think it's, a it became, thing. yeah, like if it, I had been 30 that's true. and that's you true. put me, um, you know, away in my house, you know, with my kids, I would have been like, no. Yeah. But and that's true. When I, I think about the people I'm referring to, it's kind of the same thing where it's like, they're a little bit, you know, about around our age where we're like, oh, this is pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, we love people. We derive a lot of energy off of people, but I think when you get to a certain age and, you know, introvert extroverts, we don't need the validation that we might have when we were younger. Like I needed that pat on the head from my boss you know, that I was doing a good job. Now I'm like, I know I'm doing a good job. I'm not like killing it. Like I don't need any outside validation. And it's a principle I teach a lot in confidence, Mm -hmm. you know, that when you need someone else to approve of you, you're actually giving up your power to them. Yeah. And that's the beauty of getting older. And I know it comes with wrinkles and all these things that people worry about. Oh, which I don't wrinkle, see a wrinkle on your face. I don't see a wrinkle on your face. Uh, well, I sell, <clears throat> I sell skincare oh. that really works and minimizes wrinkles by 55.7%. Okay. Okay. We'll talk more about that. <laughs> so, but other than that, I still have some wrinkles, but they're smile lines. See how great those are. No, really your, your skin is beautiful, but well, you know, it's like, I think that, you know, that's what comes with aging is the beauty of like, but look, just, my gray hair. Look, I am aging and I love it. It's beautiful. And, and like the other things that come with that is beautiful. It's like, yes. I don't, I don't go to the beach the same way I do anymore. It's like, I'm there because I want to be there and it's beautiful. And I am focusing on looking at the ocean. And as I shared with you earlier, you know, my sight is a little bit, I'm losing my central vision and I know I'm kind of okay, jumping no, back, back. Before you, you can't just drop that. You have to. I'm like, sorry. Okay. We're just talking okay. like friends. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, cause they don't, they don't know. So just everybody put a pin in that for a second, <laughs> finish the age thing. And then don't worry. She will go back to losing central vision. Okay. Diagnosed with ADHD. And she so just said how good I looked. And then she's saying, I lose central vision. Thanks a lot, Janae. You completely ruined my commercial. <laughs> Lita, you look amazing. I'm kind of going blind, but you look amazing. <laughs> I mean, Lita would put those two together so smoothly. <laughs> oh man. Okay. You go ahead. I'll just, I'll follow your lead. <laughs> no, 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 no. I love it. I'm like, I, I love real conversations, you know, cause it's just so fun. But, um, with aging, um, it is, it is a gift to age because, you know, not everybody is given that gift. But being able to age gracefully of just kind of being able to melt into who you are and not feeling like there has to be the next big, big thing. You know, I was saying to you before we started that, yeah, I'm working on my third book, but I don't have like this. I got to get it done this time. And if I don't get it, you know, I don't have any of that. And during COVID, I was like, maybe I could just like exit stage right, you know, (laughs) and just be like, someone be like, hey, at one point were you kind of doing some cool stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I was at one point, but now I'm doing cool stuff being a grandma. Like that's what I'm looking towards. You have grandkids, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't yet just in case anyone is worth, you know, wondering, but um, you know, I just was like, that's okay to have different phases. So I wanted to give the women that are listening that this boss babe hustle culture is really robbing from you 
the things that are really valuable. Janae and I are two women who, for whatever reasons, chose to work, but also chose to focus on our kids. Our children are thriving because they saw us doing work, because they saw us giving back. Um, You know, we both have supported our husbands. I think you more than me in his career, but I've kind of like, yay, honey, I love you, you know? Um, But, you know, we've, we've had it, unquote, all. But what's really the best stuff is our relationships. And so, you know, if you're, if your career is something you're doing because you need that validation, that will go away as you grow into yourself and that's okay. I mean, I think of, I've got, I've got, um, eight feet of awards up here from my makeup company and, um, they meant so much to me at the time, Mm -hmm. you know, I would just kind of be like, wow, you know in the top 10 of a company, you know, you know, make, making more than $5 a week. You know, as I told my kids, I told them I made $5 a week, but, um, (laughs) uh, but now I could care less. Yeah. Like I care less than zero about awards. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like you're planting seeds as fast as you can. You know, if you're driven to live this glorious life and you don't even know what that looks like. And I have all of these girls, like I said, six that are right at the first of their kind of career and going into, you know, marriage and all that. And they're planting seeds as fast as they can. They're planting, planting, planting. And then eventually they grow and it's beautiful and you wouldn't take it back. But you're not you're not in the planting seeds phase anymore. You're in where you can go. It's like when you show up to the tulip festival and you get to look around and see the beauty of all the work. And and really what that work represents is the people that you meet along the way. And that's the most beautiful. That that is we're Yeah, we're in the harvest. We're in the enjoyment phase and we deserve to get there. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. And you don't and I think, you know, in the hustle, I'm glad I didn't lose track of my kids. Yeah. yeah honestly, I think that's because of what I went through to get them. I'm not sure I would have been able to be as focused a mother mm. had it not been so hard for me. You know, my personality, my weaknesses, you know, yeah, um, that those were tailor-made challenges for yeah. me that right. made me sit here at fi- almost 50. I mean, I am going to live it. I'll be like, I'm 50, I'm 50, I'm 50, <laughs> you know, when I'm 50. Yeah, I'm you earn that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the award I want. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. So speaking of aging and aging gracefully, you um, mentioned how you were going back to school and I was so, that was so awesome. Cause I wasn't even aware you didn't have a master's or whatever, which by the way, I don't have my four-year degree. My parents didn't pay their taxes. So even though I went to school, pursuing schooling for almost five years, I could only go part-time because I had to work, go to school, you know, yeah, there's so many factors that go into school. Yeah. Right. You know, but, um, if everyone would like your children to go to school, you got to pay your taxes. Or your kids can't even borrow money to go to school. So just so you know, they can't get mm-hmm. in debt if you don't yeah. pay your taxes. Um, but anyway, you went back to school. So here you have all these accolades. So, um, I know you, from what you shared on social media, you were going back because you had something that you'd kind of left on the shelf that you wanted for you to pursue a passion. Um, so let's just go into that a little bit. And then you had a fun surprise right before graduation. No, like, what was that? Right. Oh, the, the vision thing what did you say? The vision thing, you know, oh, yeah, fun surprise, fun surprise. You're being, a yeah, little fun surprise. Sorry. Okay. sorry, <laughs> I was like, did I, am, I might have had a fun surprise. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I did all the kid thing. I started out college when I was really young. I was not prepared to like 
actually graduate. You know, I, we, I played hard. I'm grateful for it. And I started a family young. Um, my husband and I actually lost our business really early on um, when he had a misfilled prescription. So wrong medication in the right bottle. And we lost this landscaping business he had built since he was eight years old. Oh, wow. uh, and we had bill collectors living on our doorsteps. They would eat lunch on my front porch. I had to cross the Provo River once to get milk at 7-Eleven for my baby. I was so young. Um, anyway, oh, so heavens. fast forward and we learned a lot. <laughs> That's what actually got me into the whole nonprofit side of the community because I needed to learn how to get food stamps, how to get go to food and care coalition, those things for just basic um, necessities of life. I had to learn to do that. And then eventually it became one of my biggest passions to help other parents learn to do that. So that's just kind of sidebar. But um, when I no, got, I mean, that's, that's fascinating. And just goes to show that a lot of times, cause I didn't know the crossing the river pioneer story, mm. um, you know, automatically put you in a bonnet just so you know, in my mind, <laughs> no bonnets there. I think yeah. I was like long skirts, bonnet, the wolves at the bay. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah. I didn't know that side, but just goes to show that when you see somebody who's like doing a lot of good, it probably comes from a great personal place. Mm-hmm. You know, my advocacy and, um, you know, um, sexual abuse recovery, you know, mm-hmm. obviously comes from, you know, not a joyful time of my life. Yeah. So it's just, it's just a good reminder. Yeah. It's, you know, how do we use these tailor-made challenges to give back in it? And there's reasons, you know, that we go through different things. And even if there isn't a reason, I think we can make it into something beautiful. Well, um, I think there's, so in my book, Love Me Too, there's the victim phase, mm-hmm. there's the survivor phase, and there's the advocate mm-hmm. phase. Oh, that's and so good. We, I, well, you know, I did put some thought into it. Really. <laughs> um, you know, and um, that we get so caught up in being, you know, the hardships people stay in that. And there's nothing wrong with mourning what we go through, mm-hmm. but you haven't really gotten over it until you figured out how to give back. And that might just be in a conversation yeah. where you lift others up, you know? Yeah. I, I've, I've once heard it explained and I think it was Tiffany Peterson. She was kind of talking about feeling depressed, but I, I will relate it to, which I love Tiffany Peterson. I don't know if you know her, but oh, I'll yeah, relate, I relate her, it yeah. to this situation where it's like, yeah, you can go through the town of trauma or the town of depression or whatever you're going through, but you don't want to stop and buy a house there. You don't want to live there forever. You want to just you know pass through it as you need to keep yep. moving and, you know, learn from it, but it's yeah, hard. I call it happy yeah. town and it's at the top of a mountain. Yeah, and that's you great. Climb hard to get to the top yep. of the mountain. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you get thrown back in sometimes yeah. people, you know, figure out a way to ride down the mountain really fast, you know, making stupid choices. Uh, but most of the time we just throw ourselves being thrown into a valley and we got to yeah. figure out how to climb out and it takes effort and it's hard yeah. and you can focus on the unfair and it's not justice and why me, God, all of that, but we're just meant to build muscles. Yeah. And it's not going to happen just once and it's going to happen in a lot of ways, you know, and that's the thing, the older you get, the more you realize too. But, you know, by the time I got to 40, I was like, okay, I wanted to finish my bachelor's, you know, more for my, I would say my grandparents and my parents, you know, they never were pushy, but it was just kind of a thing in the family. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to finish, but then when I finished and then COVID started, so I finished about 43 ish. I can't remember for sure. And then it was COVID and I'm like, I have all this energy, you know, and I'm like, what do I, and I'm like, well, I'm at, I may as well get my master's degree. So I got that in sport and performance psychology because I love the idea 
that we can create and be whatever we want. You know, we can study yeah. psychology and understand the mind and kind of how it works, but, and then what, and then what do we do with that? You know, what about right. self-talk? What about these, what about these skills and tools that NBA stars and Olympic athletes have with these coaches, but we don't get them as parents or business owners or things. And so I'm like, I want to learn all this. And then I want to insert it into the work that I do in the community and my business and, and stuff like that. Right. So you were just about to graduate with your master's. How close is the timing to this, the, mm-hmm. the fun surprise I'm building up to? You're right. You're right. You know, I graduated in October of 2022 and I found out in December of 2022. So it was literally, and that same month I got trigeminal neuralgia on one side of my face, which is like a shocking searing pain that happens up to 15 times a day. And and literally tears just would come out of my eyes because it hurts so bad. That sense subsided with the first time that happened, you get like this electric shock. If I'm understanding correctly, the first time that happened, what did you think was happening to you? Well, it starts with kind of like, I thought it was something with my teeth because the trigeminal nerve comes has three tri nerves that come through your face. So I thought it was, I was having so around your eye cheek. and a couple through your cheek, rating it uh-huh, through my eye here and here through your jaw. So I thought that I was having teeth issues. So I went to the dentist and I'm like, my teeth are hurting so bad. And they did all these tests. And they're like, there's nothing wrong with your teeth. You might want to go see a neurologist kind of a thing. And I'm like, what, you know, but come to find out that's exactly it. It's the nerve. And mm-hmm. It's the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Some call it the suicide disease. It's it was awful. Anyway, that was the only reason they I literally called this disease you have the suicide disease. Yeah, because you know, back why, in the day, why like my husband's heart condition is called the Widowmaker. Yeah, it's like the saddest names. And I'm like, could you guys maybe come up with nicer names? <laughs> yeah, it's like, and I'm like, well, I felt a little bit justified. I'm like, because I do feel like jumping off a cliff right now, but it's really sad name for sure. Um, I can't remember her name at the moment, but I'm pretty sure you know her because, you know, we all ran in the same circles with networking yeah. stuff. And she ran a promotional business, you know, of like marketing supplies and things like that. And she got hit with like the nerves at the end of her body feel like they're on fire. Neuropathy. That's, that's really, really. It was out. one I'd never heard of. It wasn't neuropathy. Oh, it wasn't? Mm-hmm. It was like some kind of advanced, but no, it, yeah. was, it was like a big long name, like your thing that you said, mm-hmm. like one I hadn't. I wasn't familiar with, but yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm hoping it's not this one because it will kill her. Oh yeah. Yeah. So neuropathy is definitely very sad, but like mm-hmm. she is losing use like ALS. Yeah. She's losing use of her limbs. So anyway, okay. I'm interested. Yeah. In I don't want to hear that story. No, yeah. <laughs> no, I do not accept. <laughs> and we're not, and I don't, we don't need to go into all my issues, but you know, that was this, the only reason I bring that up is that was the same month that I found out I went to get my, you know, I was like, okay, I turned 40. I need the basic glasses and my eyes are changing and it's okay. Everybody gets readers. And, and I went and they gave me a prescription. This is when I was 40, I think. And then no, how do we, I'm not going to try to do timelines. Anyway, they didn't work. I got home, put on my glasses, never wore them. Cause I'm like, these are not helping me. I went back uh, here and I'm like, you, you know, y'all grab the glasses aren't working. So they did it again, got me my glasses prescription. I went home and I'm like, these are not working. So um, I went back again and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Not working. And I said, and colors are starting to look different for me. And so they started testing this. This is at Utah Valley hospital. And, um, he came in and he said, you know, um, (laughs) you know, we could talk about bedside manner, but he kind of said, you have the retinas of an 80 year old. And I was like, 
okay what and I and I was like well why like no I'm only 40 thank you or whatever so at this point I was probably what 46 now by this point okay that's so funny because 46 is the year I decided that I was mature oh really yeah well it's also the year that I was visiting the the poop the colonoscopy the colon oh I had to gastroenterologist um like a part-time job yeah. so yeah so people are never gonna want to listen like to this podcast losing your eyesight <laughs> and getting nerve pain and pooping a lot that makes yeah. you go I might not be invincible yeah and maybe that's <laughs> part of the taking it as it comes it forces you to look at life with a different perspective right you don't have any yeah. other option so <laughs> so yeah they kind of said you know well, I said, okay, okay. You know, cause I'm kind of like, take it and roll with it. What do I do? And he's like, well, there's nothing you can do. And I'm like, what do you mean? There's nothing I can do. And he's like, well, it's, you know, it's just retinal dystrophy kind of throughout all these terms. I didn't really understand. And he's like, there's nothing really you can do because it's genetic. So retinal dystrophy, meaning the retina, the retinoid, whatever are retinoids. I threw it into a skincare term. Sorry. The retinol of your eye is um, deteriorating. So the retina and the rods and cones in the retina are deteriorating and it's similar to so um, rods and cones are good for color and for distance and for, and for lighting, like it helps with your lighting, lighting like changing right. light. So, um, and they said it's like macular or so he, this first guy didn't know that exactly the term that it was. So I got a second opinion later that spring, like six months later, I went to the Moran Eye Center, which is you know, top in the world. They had all this, you know, lots of machinery just to check it out. And he said, I know exactly what you have. It's called MACTEL, macular telangiectasia. It's like macular degeneration, but it is um, genetic. So whereas macular degeneration, your eyes get tired and older and they start wearing out, you get it because it's genetic. Um, and I also found out at the time I'm half albino. I had no idea because we did all these genetics. Hey, what? Okay. Stop back up. Okay. Two things. Okay. One, do you have like family members, like older family members that don't see well? So this diagnosis is relatively new. It's only been known about for 10 to 15 years. Okay. So my belief is that it's kind of been around for a long time. It's just that people didn't even know what to call it. They didn't have the technology to see the differences in the eyes. Um, They did test my parents and my parents don't have it, but it can skip generations you know, right. like genetics do, but I know I can't find anybody in my family that has it. Um, okay. So the other thing that got me all excited was I have this uncle that is so blonde. He is yeah. so, so blonde that yeah. I believed he was part albino. Yeah. And I would say that and people would mock me because they say you're either albino or you're not albino. Right. Well, it's kind of, I mean, in a way it's true. Like you do have to have both, you know, two sets to be full albino, but they said, because I am half, like half of my genetic code is from one side of my right. family, that it does have an influence on my eyes still and my Which hair still and my skin still, but got, I'm not. He's got an eye thing too. Now I'm going to go talk yeah. to my uncle Mel and be like, I knew yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. It can affect the retina because albinism does affect the sight because you have lighter eyes and lighter skin and things like that. And there are different, um, I read all about albinism. There's different levels. Like you can have like dirty dishwater blonde, like I have. Um, and it, it still can be albinism. Um, anyway, that's a whole other topic. No, but. no, it's super fascinating. It's <laughs> super. See everybody go look that up. And when you meet my yeah. uncle Mel, I was right. They're like, this is going to be the old lady podcast, you know, <laughs> we'll <laughs> rebrand it. Hey, yeah. Something super disappointing is I am in menopause and I'm not having hot flashes and I 
had a whole marketing thing around being hotness. And I was oh, like, when well, hotness I... becomes overwhelming, yeah, it was going to be hilarious. It was like a whole book title. I don't oh. know if I can claim it if I don't have hot flashes. Well, be grateful because they're awful. Well, uh, at least I'm not going blind. Oh, wait, that's, that's you. <laughs> no, it's good. I have to laugh about it. My kids. I know you do. I you know, know. I've seen you share about it. And I just think, you know what? My friend Janae, we go way back to that booth. <laughs> She's awesome. Oh, well, I, then I woke up all ready to hit it hard this year. And I woke up with Bell's palsy on January 1st. So the left side of my face went totally like dead. It's just coming out of it. It's almost four months. Um, anyway, but the whole eye thing. And the thing know, is for Janae, she was literally posting pictures of it with just which, you know, I posted a picture of my sleep apnea machine and people thought that was awesome. You know, of me looking like a fighter pilot, um, <laughs> but that you posted pictures of this. I was like, yep, that's awesome. Janae, just being <laughs> real, keeping it real. Oh, it's either you laugh or you cry. And I would way rather laugh. So yeah, even if we have to white knuckle it, laugh, we are laughing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's some crying behind the scenes too. It's not the only emotion. And I did actually laugh and cry online about my eyesight because it's you know to start thinking because the rods and cones you know kind of are damaged and being further damaged eventually I won't be able to drive which I think is sooner than later I have to say and that's really young for me I'm I'm I want to explore and venture and I like to take off whenever I want and so yeah. driving and reading reading is another thing I love um writing I'm hoping that I can still do without seeing because I don't look at my fingers to yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the hardest, I don't know, one of the hardest ones is um, faces or my grandkids' faces. So like right now, depending on where people are in the room and looking around, it's kind of like when you look at the sun, you glance toward the sun and then you look away and their face is all dark. Like you can't see the details, you know, they're there, you know, it's a face and it kind of is coming through. You see the outlines and shapes. That's what my eyes do all the time when I look around the room. Um, so you so, can see after you focus, but it's the transitioning and the transitioning and is the worst. And, um, it's always blurry. Like my eyes are never clear anymore. Like they're never, so I will wear readers to make it bigger and fuzzy, but like, there's no correction that can be done to my eyes. Wow. Yeah. And it progresses. They say usually 15 years is about the range. Um, and I think I started around 40 But um, anyway, so if I look at it like that, and at first, you know, there are a lot of tears because I love life. You know, I love the beauty. I love mountains. I love anything to do with nature or just seeing beauty and seeing people. You're an aesthetic person. I mean, I think that's something we and I, you know, we kind of bonded over is, you know, we were, we were selling pretty things. Yeah. And you should you know? see me do my makeup now, Lita. It's horrible. I'm like, it's all crooked. Um, you look good. You look good. You look <laughs> well, good. I literally went and tattooed my eyebrows. They were crooked. My kids are like, mom, we know you like your eyebrows to look pretty. Stop trying. And to when you're it. blonde, oh. it's not, it's not an, it's not a, it's not a want. It's a literally requirement. Can't see because my people focus. Yeah. Well, they look the great. Like I can't see. So I had to have help with my eyebrows, you know, and it's just, I'm going to have to let go of some of these things that like. <laughs> I, I want to see beauty. I want to express my emotions. I don't even care about wrinkles so much as like, I, I love to see faces. And so there's been times I've done trainings and things like that. And people aren't even talking to me. I'm like, what, what'd you say? And they're like, no, I, I, sorry, I wasn't talking to you. Like I can't make the, well, when you present, you're going to have to be like, Hey, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I look like I'm looking at you and I kind of am, <laughs> yeah. you know, but yeah, 
you know, I'm, you're going to have to give me an amen so I can know where you're at. So great, great engagement tool. I might just use that. I might be like, Hey, pretend like my friend Janae's here. Yeah. Yeah. But really I, you need to have that feedback and yeah, you know, so I just, but I'll tell you, and this is an important part of the story is that on my birthday last year, um, in September, um, I had a, a friend come and do a sound bath. I don't know if you've ever heard of sound bath before, but he does this beautiful music with like wooden tools and all these things in the trees at my cabin. And I brought friends and we just kind of laid down, did a meditation and listened to this beautiful music. And I let my mind just wander. And, and I had seen this image before and I was meditating once before, but I heard the screech of an eagle and I saw it at the top mm. of a cliff. And it swooped down, it kind of, you know, made its noise and swooped down. And I was like, why am I seeing an eagle, you know? And I just sat there laying there listening to the music. And then all of a sudden, like the eagle was up in my face, like just staring at me. And I was like, you know, what the heck? And I know this is a visual thing. You have to get used to it and you're meditating. It's just kind of like you're dreaming, you know, Mm -hmm. just let your mind wander. But um, it hit me so hard that why am I seeing eagle? And eagle is known as having one of the the best eyesight, I believe, of the animals. I'd have to double check. And I I want to like Google it, but yeah. And I felt like what is the eagle symbolic of? Yeah. And then I saw a a whole eagle eye going down the length of my body. And that's really hard to try to like visualize. But what I realized in that moment is that my whole body sees. I don't have to rely just on the actual physical retina of my eye to see the world. I can rely on all of the senses. I can rely on, you know, touch and I can rely on sound and I can rely on the people around me and the energy that they give me. And I, you know, sight and perspective is so much deeper than a physical thing. And it changed my life forever. Um, Well, I, I, uh, I quickly typed this in while you were talking because I thought for a lot of my childhood, we were native American, but my mother just made that up, but I, (laughs) I identify with it. Um, And nowadays you can be anything you want. So since I have a Swahili name, I definitely, and I thought I was native American. I'm just, I'm a woman of color. Um, But anyway, it says the Eagle is the strongest and bravest of all the birds. The native Americans have chosen the Eagle for its feathers as a symbol of the highest bravest strongest and holiest mm. in the native american culture eagles are given to to honor and um, honor others as feathers are worn of dignity and pride so i knew it was going to be great because the eagle feathers are honored but i love that the you got your master's degree in the psychology of how we can perform and i have been watching you perform this challenge with humor and bravery and strength. And it just, I was uh, reminded, well, I was told this, um, I'm sure I'd heard it before, but um, after my my husband got hit by the bus and then he had the heart attack mm-hmm. and a friend came over and she goes, I love you. And I was like, well, thank you. I love you too. And she goes, no, I've always loved you, but now you're revealing yourself to who you are to the world. Mm, and it is through our challenges that we show ourselves. And, um, that is what you were doing. I've always, I've always loved you and thought you were awesome. You know, we bonded deep over those days, those, those long, hard days of our challenges, you know, um, but you revealed yourself to be someone of great character because Mm -hmm. you, you were able to just, you know, be brave through this. 
doesn't mean we don't have tears, but it just, it was really awesome to see. Thank you. So I love that that Eagle was reminding you that there's all kinds of sight. Yeah. All kinds of sight. And, you know, and I think it's also good to remember that other people, I mean, you know, we talk about this all the time. Other people have their perspectives and their backgrounds and part of sight is not seeing. And I've never thought about it that way until I just said it, but part of sight is realizing it's, we have our perspective from our eyes, our existence, our, you know, experiences that we go through. Um, And who is it for us to try to see from, you know, somebody else's experience? We can try, right? We can try to empathize and to really try to walk beside somebody and, and help them and be there for them. But realizing we can never fully understand what somebody else has been through. And so to give grace, um, for everyone, no matter what they look like. And we all have natural biases. That's how we're born for protection, but um, it's not our job to figure it out for them. It's our job to walk beside right. them. And, and I the love that time, comment of your friend. Yeah. At the same time, I think it is the most ultimately patronizing thing we can do to not expect people to be able to rise above what they have. Mm, yeah. I love that. We all have challenges and Um, I lived in the inner city of DC Mm -hmm. and, you know, people that didn't even know who their father was, their mom was a crack addict Mm -hmm. and had six, seven, eight kids. And they were, you know, feral on the streets of some of the worst at the time was the murder capital of the United States. Wow. I think Chicago has taken that distinction from our DC and to see people rise above and become more then their circumstances inspired me about the human spirit. And so when people are like, oh, because of somebody's color, I'm like, excuse me, those individuals that I saw and their ability when they came from nothing happened to be black, but being black was not what they had to overcome. Right. They had to overcome circumstances Mm -hmm. and we all have different circumstances, some of which are absolutely horrendous. And yet they overcame and became something stronger Mm-hmm. you know, just like the Eagle has to use the, those wind currents to take off. That is, I think a large part of why we're here on earth is to inspire others that haven't caught the current yet. Mm-hmm. Haven't caught that gust of wind. Haven't caught that vision. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a, a, a keynote title for you right there, you know, catch yeah. the vision, <laughs> you know, no, really I'm writing my book right now. And there, you know, that is, that's really part of it. Yeah. You know, that we're here to inspire other people. And something that's so beautiful about social media is that we can share in essence, almost a journal entry of the process of what we're going through. And we can help people that we might, you know, that even if we care about them, we wouldn't have had the opportunity to sit down with them, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And these experiences we all go through it just, you know, it really opens your eyes. I think some of the biggest lessons I've learned, you know, I've worked at um, the road home at times doing community cafes, which is conversations, and you just help people get going and talking. And some of the most resilient people, you know, are on the street, and it's easy yeah. to look at them and to judge and to be scared. And, you know, we have to be cautious, you know, about our surroundings. But, you know, sometimes it's it's one wrong turn or one wrong bad day that, yeah. that puts you there. And um, well, the Bible, by the grace of God, go I. And yeah. I, I think it was a church talk I heard that said that, you know, you see somebody and you catch yourself judging 
to say that phrase to yourself. Yeah. And that's been really helpful to me to like, when I catch myself kind of being like, well, they're a drug addict or whatever to be like, by the grace of God, go I, and then, you know, feeling this of empathy and love and concern and the ability to connect with them when you do that versus stay in that place of judgment. That's our instinct. That's the natural man. Yeah. And you know what? Culture is so easy to cover up, to hide, hide the weakness, hide the things. And, um, but really the most beautiful conversations I have are the ones that are more vulnerable and open and people are willing to share because we all struggle no matter what we all struggle. And if we can just set down those barriers and, and let and share, then we can better connect with other people. So yeah, I think it's important. Well, and the, the thing about great challenges is like, you think of the, you know, that homeless person that we're drawing in this analogy that when they actually get into be into a home again, mm-hmm. the level of appreciation and care that they would feel for that, what yeah. it signifies, what it means. Mm-hmm. And um, I think of that Eagle and how you're going to hold on to that vision of that Eagle and your children's faces and your grandchildren's faces, you know, when you can't see that anymore, Yeah. that I actually think there is going to be a continued exuberance of joy that you're going to, to do. And even if you can't write, you can do, you can do reels and you can like, look off to the side all awkwardly, awkwardly, and we'll love it. <laughs> I'm going to be that grandma that like turns to the side because I can keep my, I will keep my peripheral vision. So uh-huh. I can be that all day. That's like. I got my eye on you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, and it's beautiful. If anything, it's made me so grateful and, um, even more grateful than I was for all the blessings that I have. So, you know, that's, that's why we go through challenges to be more grateful. And I am. Well, um, you know, they always say how you wouldn't go pick up somebody else's challenges. Yeah. And, um, I think it's been funny where, you know, people will say, oh, I wish I had your life. And I'm sure people say things like that to you because you have um, enjoyed a level of financial success and your children are, you know, just gorgeous and, you know, doing all the things and everything. And it's like, but do you understand when you pick up that, that rock that there are slugs underneath it, you know, I'm like, I I feel like I've been pretty open. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, and we, we have had success and it's exciting and, um, once again, I would say the most exciting part of the people that, you know, we, we work with our team of almost 3000 people. They're amazing and we couldn't do it without them. And so once again, it comes back to people, you know, um, and, you know, sometimes I, I hate the, it's the financial success that people see. It's the part that they see, because I'm like, what do you see? It's kind of like, what's under the rock, the slugs, what's under the dollar bill well, well, and the perception of health, you know, the perception of health, the yeah, you know, the kids that are, you know, doing their life, you know, and of course yeah. we share on social media, what we share. Like when yeah. I shared about my son's mental health challenges, people were like, this is bad for your brand. And I was like, my brand, oh. Oh, my yeah. brand. Yeah. Your brand is like mine. Real. And sorry that's about you, being real. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry if you've uh, made me into something fake, but that wasn't <laughs> me doing that. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? And I'm, I'm totally the same way as that, you know, my brand is about being who I am. So if, if you've made up something else, there's somebody else for you to watch. It's okay. Yeah, yeah it's totally <laughs> fine. I, uh, for me, my social media following was a complete, um, 
accident. There was no strategy. There still isn't. <laughs> Someone's like, what's your big strategy? And I'm like, there is, is there supposed to be a strategy? <laughs> totally. I'm teasing. I know that there are people who have strategies, but I just, yeah. I'm like, I can maintain, I can yeah. maintain being real, you know, <laughs> I can, I can do that. But well, I love you for that reason. And a lot of people love you for that reason is that you are real and it's so refreshing. It's so refreshing to just hear a real person, see a real person. And, and that's why I believe, you know, your success is about being real and thank you. Thank you. Well, you're the <laughs> yeah. same way. And, you know, so, um, I, I just love and admire that you are being real about this. And I know that sadly, as you know, this, cause there isn't a miracle cure out there, um, that you will impact people in a way that you never anticipated that will be for good and your own children. But you were saying about how people it's sad. They see the financial and then we kind of got off yeah. that they um, see that the financial is like the thing that they want when really mm-hmm. it's just a thing. Yeah. It's just a thing. And I think, you know, good people do good things with money and people that want to do harm, do bad things with money. And it's just, it's just a tool. That's all it is. I always say money just makes you more of what you are. Yeah. We glorify the tool. Um, but yeah, with, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought, but yeah, my kids, you know, and you're right. Okay. So, Oh, I wanted to say this, this is what I was thinking. Neurogenesis. I believe in neurogenesis. I believe that we can learn and we can build and grow our bodies. The synapses in our brain, you know, all these things. I don't want to give up, meaning I don't want to just surrender to the blindness. Um, at the same time, I have to be real with what's happening. And so mm-hmm. I try to do things for, you know, to take care of myself and to try to get, I'm trying to get way better at my sleep. I'm trying to get way better at my self-talk and all these things that I've learned in my education. Um, and if, if it helps, that would be awesome. And if it doesn't, my eyesight, at least I'll have, um, hope for my future. My, my ultimate goal is to not give up, you know, we can live in, I think being real, being real is not the same as giving up. That being said, yes, miracles could happen. Cures could come out. I mean, my husband had dead heart tissue. Mm, wow. And once you have dead heart tissue, it can never regenerate. Wow. But it did in my husband. See neurogenesis. And that's really what it's about is that but, we have the ability, you know, to influence our body. And so I think it's really, it, it is sad to check out too early because miracles happen. So that's awesome. Right. right? That. Yeah. That's, that's a, uh, that's part of the, part of the story, you know? Yeah. But, um, and people, you know, I've gotten, I've been posting a little bit more religious C, not like my religion per se, but spiritual. And I've had people be mm-hmm. like, I'm following you because you're being talking about God too much, you know? Oh no. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that just lets me know I wasn't being correct before. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And if you that's know, because like, and you're about being real, then why? Right. And I person? feel like in today's world where so many people are giving up yeah, and are talking badly about themselves, because when you talk badly about someone else, that is a reflection of what you're saying about you. Absolutely. You know, if you think so little of someone else, that's on you. Yeah. And it yeah. tortures that person. You know what I mean? It's like, that's so much energy. I'm all about, you know, I need all the energy I can get. So I'm big time about not wasting it other places. You know, there's, I had never grew, I grew up with a family that we sat around the table at, at dinner and we never, ever once talked about what 
Sammy down the street was doing or this family or that family. Never, ever did it. And then with my kids, don't do it. And thank goodness my husband isn't like that either. I didn't realize how uncommon that was until my kids went to school. And individually, they each said during different years, I don't know who I want to hang out with because everybody talks about other people and I don't want to be like that. And I realized you're right. Like that is something I got right without even realizing it. You're not, may not eating dinner from my house that I cooked, <laughs> but we're not wasting our time while we're eating, talking. Hey, about you're eating else. cafe real. We are, you're, you're we're, cafe you real. know, yeah. <laughs> life yeah. is good. Yeah. Um, we talk about best, funniest and worst. That's what we, there was, about. um, there was a talk that came out in the eighties from a religious leader, Spencer W. Kimball, for those who know, know. Um, and it talked about pride. Hmm. And in the talk, he was talking about how there was more pride looking up than looking down. Mm. And I grew up in a wealthy neighborhood with our house not being that situation. And the amount of generosity that we received every Christmas, Mm. that we had big windows and yet people would sneak over Easter baskets like we couldn't see who it was. Um, I remember one Christmas opening the door and you could not see out the door. Wow. And if you can't hear it in my voice, I'm, I'm tearing up the first pair of jeans I had that were, you know, women's jeans were from the kindness of others. Mm. And the dances I went to were the older girls dances being given dresses being given to me. So there was so much being given because there were people who had the abundance to give that. Mm, that's beautiful. And that was, you know, I remember promising myself that I would be the person that, that gave when I had, and the assumption was that I would have Mm -hmm. because that's what I was around. Yeah. And to hear my parents sit there and talk badly about people with money Mm. in the wake of that talk and defend how they did not have pride. And I know that sounds really mean to those who know my parents, but it's a true story. Mm-hmm. And it always really struck with me um, how much we feed drama. And I started noticing because of that talk, because of that example, how individuals that talk about other people, they are wasting their energy. And there's so much energy that goes into gossip yeah. that is a form of bullying that I have never met a successful person interpersonally, financially, who engages in gossip. Yeah, that's true. I've just never met someone. And Mm -hmm. I have noted that being a maid in people's homes, they were not sitting around talking about how they had no pride. Mm. You know? Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, in my experience, that's been my experience as well. That energy is not going there. It's just not, there's so much to do. um, Good. Um, And I'm talking about sustained success, not just Mm -hmm. like, you'll see people who are flashing a pan money with influencers on social media, making money off of being pretty or being gossipy or drama-y, right? But is it sustained? No. Right. Like a year later, it's gone. Right. Yeah. Drama throws up in their face, you know? Yeah. How much energy do we have and how much do we give? And, you know, it's, it's kind of like the oxygen thing where, you know, put the mask on yourself so you can help other people. And if, if it's kind of, if you think about that in the terms of gossip, it's like, 
you're breathing out all of this energy. Yeah. You're not taking the time to protect yourself and use that energy. Well, and it other sucks people. the oxygen out of a room. Yeah. yeah. I was um, a constant topic of drama. I was hearing from people who are like, oh, by the way, sorry. Um, they're really angry with you right now because you know, da, 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 da. And I was like, well, how are they even hearing about these things? <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, oh, social media. Uh huh. So I blocked them all. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> Problem it was solved. Like six months later, that my aunt calls me up and she's like, did you block me on social media? And I'm like, 100%. Because <laughs> I believe in accountability. <laughs> and she's like, well, how could you do that? I'm your aunt. And I was like, you don't behave like an aunt because I've taken the toy away. You're going to have to find a new toy to gossip about yeah. because I'm not going to engage with you. Yeah. And she was like, you're and I was like, thank you. This is why I did that. Thank yeah. you for showing me who you are. Yeah. And I have enjoyed the silence. Yeah. Because then you get to set your own space, right? You know, right. And that's something we need to protect. And I think it also comes wrapping it back to age that comes with age of realizing I don't have to, I don't have to prove everything to everyone. I don't have to do everything everybody wants me to do. This is, you know, my life and my path. It's not a board meeting. It's something that I'm deciding for myself. And you just get more comfortable in that. Hopefully, hopefully that part should come with age. Right. And if it's not, I would think, I would think about that. You know, who's, who's in charge of the things that I do in life and what do I want my life to look life to look like? What do I want to feel like and make that decision? Don't let everybody that is put themselves on a board that you never even put together. (laughs) decide. That's a profound statement. The board you ever, never even put together. Yeah. Well, you know, the storyboard of our lives, we all have to have that hero's journey. Yeah. And if you guys don't know what a hero's journey is, look it up, Uh, you know, but it's what every inspirational story, the template that, that is, written from Homer on, um, mm-hmm. you know, this, we've just talked about Janae's hero story. This whole podcast is, you know, talking to people and nobody listened to a word I had to say until I was 36 years old and my husband got hit by a bus and I was handling it well. And people were like, wow, mm-hmm. you have smart things to say. Um, you know, and then, you know, more challenges came down the pipe and it's, it's really, I can look at how, um, the, the trauma of my life is what my career ended up being sparked by, mm-hmm. even though I don't talk about those things that much. Yeah. Because it took away from me. Yes. Fear. Absolutely. And I learned the same thing. My story used to be, and you can see how I tried to skim past the first craziness because that's just part of my story, you know, losing our business and having a misfilled prescription. That was part of our story. But then we just keep going because everybody has experiences like that. And we can either get stuck in one chapter or keep writing more chapters of our story. Amen. Amen. And it's interesting how the chapters flow, right? It's just, um, and I think there are certain events in our lives. Uh, For me, the death of my daughter was one that I can kind of like bring it on life because after you get through that, and I kind of see that same thing with you, that same, like, okay, whatever's going to be is going to be, but I know I'm going to do it well. Yeah. You know, I, I say a lot of times to my husband, all I can lose is everything, <laughs> you know, and it sounds kind of twisted, but the, and I came, I started saying that after we lost our business and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, you know what? We're still alive. We're, we're not dead. So I, mm-hmm. they may take everything, 
but they can't take my soul. They can't take my passion or my heart or my dreams. um, That's it. You're still left with that and your decisions. Yeah. And our character. And, and when we look in the mirror, how we feel about who we are, excuse me, looking in the mirror, look at how sight is such a part of our language. Now you can be like, Hey, you sightist. (laughs) I'm going to call you when I'm ready to like wrap up the lingo in my book and be like, Lita, what am I missing? Sight puns. You're so good at (laughs) it's just my brain. It's like going. Yeah. I hear, I I write down all the time. You don't realize how many sight words we use in just normal talk. It's funny. We make jokes about it all the time in our house. It just is what it is. (laughs) Well, again, you got to laugh or cry. I had a period is actually ironically, um, this time, like six years ago that I couldn't talk. I was not to talk and I didn't end up talking for 26 days. Mm -hmm. And people were like, how are you doing this? And it's like, again, that, that control, that self-respect, that taking care of yourself, that that was what I knew I had to do if I wanted to have a normal sounding voice again, which is not nearly in the same level of, oh, I was never going to be able to talk again, but there, what you can do when you, when you realize you have to do it (laughs) and that our sight, our ability to talk, our ability to hear these five senses are just how we connect to see the world, but there are other senses. Mm-hmm. And more Absolutely. importantly, there's the spiritual. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, what we, I feel like we've kind of been teasing around in this conversation of, mm-hmm. you know, it's about your children. It's about those relationships, about what you become. And it's the only thing we take with us. Yeah. And trusting yourself, you know, that intuition about, um, importance of spirituality and, you know, why, why am I here? What am I doing? What am I spending my time on? What matters? But listening to what we hear is really important. We're really good at self-talk, negative things about ourselves, looking in the mirror and this and that, and my eyebrows are crooked or whatever it is. But instead, you know, we can listen to the positive messages that are coming through that are higher than us, right? Whatever that means to you and whatever religion and however, you know, we look, we, we work through spirituality, whatever that looks like to different people, we need to listen as much as we're yapping at ourselves or more. We need to slow down our mouth, our one mouth and listen with our two ears and our mind about the beautiful messages that we're getting. And hold on to those sacred moments like the Eagle. Yeah. You know, hold on to those, you know, to, to hold them as sacred, um, you know, make the native Americans would have a little medicine pouch that they would put little remembrances. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they might put a little piece of a, you know, and, um, you know, Janae's medicine pouch is a little tuft of Eagle feather, you know, there actually is, I have a medicine pouch with me. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I do. I could, because I, I totally believe in writing. I'm a big, big proponent of fan of writing. You don't have to share it. You know, you can be totally private and I have all kinds of writing. I have some online that I share, but the most precious and valuable to me, I have a traveler's journal and I write down the most important dreams I have, the most important um, experiences that I just never want to lose because we forget as much as we think we're going to remember forever. You get to our age, you start realizing, oh, wow, I don't remember X, Y, and Z. And it kind of freaks you out, but we need to write down those things, record it, whatever it is, because it's, it's personal, um, messages that we need to learn. We have, we've learned in our life and we, it's a gift. Those messages are a gift. Absolutely. 
Well, my friend, Janae, I knew the time would go too fast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Only it had gone faster all those years ago for nine days. Now I was the best. <laughs> Yeah, um, we should have just talked the whole. Well, I think we did talk pretty much the whole time. <laughs> we did. If there weren't people, we were talking, and sadly, yes. uh, they didn't redo that booth experience. So, um, you know, it wasn't as good for the organizers either. Um, but um, I, we got some gems from you today. I love that. If you don't, if the chapter you're in, just keep writing. Mm-hmm. And um, part of sight is not seen. So, quotable quotes from Janae Moss. Is there anything you'd like to share before we end? this uh, let's see just the, I think I've shared so much just the value of doing this talking to friends because you know how long has it taken for us to to get back with one another and I know life's busy it's so yeah. hard to do, and I I push people off all the time because I'm protective of my time but I I'm really grateful for this time I got to spend with you and and um whoever listens to us talking I'm grateful well for I joke that time. selfishly this is how I can put more goodness into the world and talk to my friends. Yes. I love it. Cause sometimes I'll have a, a conversation with somebody. I'm like, man, this would have been really helpful for other people if we recorded it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. So you know, thank you. Well, you are amazing. Keep shining your light. And even if you can't see it, others can. <laughs> Thanks. Lena. <laughs> I made a side joke. <laughs> Thanks Lena. I love that. <laughs> You can see it from the side now. (laughs) I'm going to side eye you as we, yes, (laughs) Ah. you know, but you know, with those perfect brows and those lashes, you know, it all works, you know, it's perfect. And that radiant smile. And, and uh, I encourage you guys to go look her up and scroll back in the past a little bit and (laughs) see some of these uh, inspirational things. And of course, as always, Janae's information will be in the show notes. So when her book comes out, um, I hope you'll be able to see it in bookstores (laughs) and audible. This is one thing that like, come on guys, put some more things in audible because I can't read any, like I don't, all my books are in audible. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) And I'm the one who does them. So that's even better. (laughs) Looks like I have some listening to do. I need to catch up. There you go. There you go. So (laughs) Well, thank you, my friend, Janae Moss, for being on this episode of Share Your Hotness. Thank you. Talk to you later.